0: I was very surprised to find just a single Starbucks between here and El Angel, because on Reforma, right. so the main road that's right. the Champs Elysees of Mexico City, right, right? more or less. Um, I'm surprised you didn't. I'm surprised you didn't find a German avenue that you immediately went, went to Champs Elysees. Nobody cares about big German avenues. We don't have our parades. We don't have military parades like the French. Wait, is so that a didn't... thing
1: that the French still do?
0: Yeah, that's where, where Trump got his idea of his own military parade.
1: I thought he got that idea from North Korea. No, 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 no.
0: He said it. He, he, said he went to France and he liked that parade so much that he wanted his, his own. Oh, I thought, I thought it was no, a no, Russian, no. North
1: Korean, like, communist thing that he no, got. No, no, that, no, no, that, no. I thought that's where he was getting it from because <laughs> I just assumed that... I mean, for, for as much as we spend on military bands,
0: I, I, I'm kind of... But yeah, well, I'm just like, what? Yeah. Okay, but the story is, okay. there was exactly one Starbucks between the hotel and El Angel. And considering that on all other parts of La Reforma, there's two on every block. I was very surprised. That's a lot the, of the, a the, lot of them at this end, I think, are in the buildings.
1: Like there's there's four Starbucks. They're all just at different levels of the. Okay, of the
0: skyscrapers. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's. Actually but, but, the case, way, if, but if you pass El Angel, uh, right, then you, you and, yeah. find one on the left, one on right. the right side, and then next block again. Right. Or two. And
1: you know. and now we are officially banned from Quentin for having brought up Starbucks for having buzz marketed Starbucks. Are they in the beginning listening of our to this? Podcast.
0: Do they listen to this?
1: I don't know. Probably okay. not. Does anybody listen to this? People download it. Do people yeah. download it? I don't yeah, even people know if people download, download it. it. Yes, it's like, yes,
0: people download it. And that's at, at, nice. least,
1: at least I know that Bobo and Sebastian are listening. Or we'll get to this
0: eventually. Yes, and Cheetah. And Cheetah. Oh, really? Cheetah? Yes, Cheetah. Oh, okay. He doesn't like podcasts, but he likes our podcast. Okay, I didn't know that. That's what he told me. Okay, but you actually I, talked to... Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, and, yeah. and Ivory. <laughs> I, have to give, I have to give shouts out to Ivory. And mm-hmm. uh, Ivory Charts Instagram, check it out. They're amazing. They'll change your life. And now now that I'm here just random other people that I have to give shout outs to while I'm randomly thinking about it on a Sunday is it Sunday? No, this is Saturday. It's a Sunday. It's a Sunday? Yes. Okay, it is Sunday.
0: Yeah.
1: All right. Yeah. Yesterday was Saturday. Today is Sunday.
0: We are in a very different place than usual. We're in the Four Seasons Hotel on Reforma in Mexico in case we hadn't already established <laughs> yes. that. Yes.
1: Yeah. Why? Oh right my parents are here to visit me, and so that's why we're prefacing the podcast as opposed to see the, uh, the, the other prefacing post post facing preface <laughs> I, I don't I don't know if there's a ending or perhaps concluding as opposed to prefacing introducing concluding prefacing there's a at any rate yeah. <laughs> for lack of i'm I'm in the middle of writing this writing and editing and rewriting and revising uh, my final Spanish paper, which after I turn in and get a grade for, theoretically I will be considered by some to have a decent enough, uh-huh. uh, a, a decent enough. And, and here's where my brain is confused about translating Spanish words back into English as opposed to the, the other way to a, a, a good enough sufficient fluency in uh-huh. Spanish to be able to pursue academic things here. But no, my oh, parents are visiting. Nice. Okay. And so my parents are here visiting and this is where my parents like to stay when they come visit me in Mexico City. They've stayed here once before and they've loved it and it's a very yeah. nice place. I, I highly recommend it. It's it is on the
0: expensive <laughs> end, but it is <laughs>
1: worth it. What were you? You're,
0: yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Exactly. Right. Okay. Yeah, you're it's, it's No, it's nice, and uh, we're sitting in the uh, inside courtyard, which is well. It's not exactly quiet, but this is still Mexico City. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's green, and it's cool.
1: So nice. It's a nice temperature. I think we're 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 at that's we're we're back into the perfect weather of Mexico, having left the months of you having to go to the Starbucks because it was too cold in your house. Exactly. Suddenly, my dad asked yesterday, "Asked me so what? What do they do for heating here in Mexico City?" And like, they, they don't. That, that's not a thing. That I mean, it is. It, it actually the weird thing is office buildings. I thought office most office buildings yeah. were climate controlled. Yeah, that's what you told me all and, the time. and a friend of mine said, "No, actually, we we have to run space heaters." And uh-huh. apparently, they're, they moved. They switched offices in their office complex, and the space heaters that a lot of people were using underneath their desks because it was cold. Uh, Accidentally overloaded the circuitry that they had allotted for that office and yeah. it's created horrible problems. And so I'm like, wow, I thought office buildings were climate controlled. I guess I was wrong.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so.
0: I tell star- you the about the school? Is. Like the. I, okay, fancy, schools I, I've mentioned this. okay, schools are different. Okay, no, schools are different. Like even the if, fancy private schools where the children are sitting in the classroom with, with a temperature of two degrees.
1: All okay. morning. Yeah,
0: that's the, okay, yeah.
1: But this happens so infrequently, this is, I mean, this is most of the year in Germany. That's the thing that I guess, depending on where you are in Germany, you have two seasons, uh, hot, humid, and insufferable, or freezing cold, with, Free, did you with, know with, I mean? with a six-week transition yeah, between yeah. the two seasons. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah, okay, let's not talk
1: about German weather. Right, okay. And granted, I'm just talking about Michigan and superimposing that <laughs> on German weather. <laughs> because, you know, what? Like, one of one the two times that I've been in Germany during camp, insufferably <laughs> yeah. humid, and Congress, freezing cold. <laughs> Maybe you should live in Germany for some time. No, I, I, I shouldn't. You, you know, well, I've, I, I already feel guilty enough for bringing Americans into Germany and <laughs> it, 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 just the imports that I dropped off into Berlin. <sighs> I'm gonna get in trouble for saying that. I'm always gonna get in trouble for saying things. And I say I'm gonna get in trouble for saying things because by saying that I'm gonna get in trouble for them, oddly enough, I don't get in trouble for them, or at least I haven't yet. So now is the time. I, I think it's important to bring up, how did we end up here? I'm not sure if we've clarified that in the history of our podcast, this being officially episode 12.
0: I, I, ha, I think I have talked about it, and you have just mentioned it, in. but we, we can clarify it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, let me start. So, um, just thought about that. So the short story is, uh, about four years ago, I met my now wife, Catherine, and she, at that time, she was in the ending phases of her training as a, a school teacher. Uh, so, in German, that's Refendariat uh, in Freiburg. Mm-hmm. And she, at that point, she did not know if teaching would be her thing or not, and, and she definitely first wanted to go abroad again. She had lived in New York for two or three years as an au pair before, and she, she wanted to go to some other, to some other country. And as a teacher, that's actually pretty easy to do, um, because there's German schools all over the planet. Uh, there's also American schools, so I, I think that uh, a lot of Western countries have their schools everywhere. And so that um, was the idea. And I said I didn't have a, a really important job back then, still don't. Um, and I said, yeah, I'm going to go with you and then I pushed her to to, to apply to the schools and basically two months after we met we had agreed to go to Mexico City. She has a teacher and I got a job at that school to take care of one of the computer rooms. It was a stupid job, but it was a job and I had my working permit and uh, I could stay here. And that's how we got here and then uh, pretty quickly figured out, let's say after half a year, that we didn't want to stay here forever or even um, go to be abroad forever. That we wanted to go back to Germany, uh, certainly. Um, and then we, Catherine got a new contract, so we, we decided to stay a bit longer than the usual two years. And now the four years are almost up, and we are really ready to go back to Germany. And that's going to happen this year. We have our flight tickets for July. Um, I'm looking for a job. I'm going to put a link in the show notes to my, to the, my blog post about that. Uh, still looking for that. And then we're going to move back to Germany, into the Rhein-Neckar area. And we're really looking so the forward to area? it. what area? Rhein Neckar. Rhein Neckar. So that is the the Rhine, the Rhine River, and then the Neckar River, which is the river flowing through Heidelberg and Stuttgart. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Rhein Neckar. Yeah. All right. And that's the plan. So uh,
1: that that's kind of my answer for when everybody asks me. So how did you end up in Mexico? I I keep thinking I have to come up with something that is not exactly a lie <laughs> so that I don't always answer this question with <sighs> but I, I and and even now I struck having you know being asked this question once or having been confronted with this question at least every 3 days in Mexico the, the I followed somebody who I was romantically involved with (laughs) down to Mexico because Mm -hmm. of a crisis happening in her family that made us moving together as a couple here, the at the time appropriate thing to do. The first word I went to in my brain was logical, but when it comes to romance and human relationships, there is nothing
0: logical about them.
1: There, there, there is, there, uh, they have a logic, but they are not logical.
0: But to me, this is perfectly reasonable. I mean, if you, if you ever, uh, talk to somebody and they moved at one point in their life, you can ask them, uh, why did you move? And it's one of two things. It's love or work. That's all. Yeah,
1: basically. So, uh, or, or, or some kind of, or they're running from the law. Because I, I used to, I used to phrase it. I was like, I used to, I used to phrase it sort of. So, so I'm gonna make you guess because people, gringos come to Mexico for one of three reasons, which is basically like work, running from the law, or love. And I think if if I had a Twitter poll, I, I should have been keeping better track of this. Oddly enough, most people think I was work. The second reason people assume is that I was on the run from the law because I guess I just have that sketchy vibe that I'm never gonna get rid of, which is also probably one of the reasons that. Um, that nothing ever happens to me in Mexico City. Like, I I, I don't know what it is, but... um, And then, yeah, the the third reason was, okay, was for some kind of romantic relationship. And the funny thing was, somebody in my drama class at Sepe moved here for almost exactly the same reason, but from the Czech Republic. Mm -hmm. And... I I was explaining, you know, he was explaining all of the sort of the problems that he has in his relationship. Oh, well, I never feel like she supports me, understand what I'm going through. And I'm like, yeah, that's, she's not, that's, that's not going to be a thing. Like her dad's, her dad's dying of cancer. She literally cannot connect with any problem that you have. That's not a thing that it's, it's just that you feel emotionally abandoned. Yeah, that's the normal. All right. That's just the norm. And he go, went on to go on and describe all these other problems. Like, yep, been there. Nope, you yeah. just have to eat that one. You just, nope, you just have to eat that one. Like, nope. You just, like, basically I was telling him, like, you just have to eat it. Period. End of story. Like, that's what it. I mean, I should, I really want to become a YouTuber with a series <laughs> called So You Followed Her to Mexico. <laughs> and then just, like, basically, you know, walk, walk, yeah. walk through all of the... All of the different you know the different problems there, and but yet I'm still here that's the surprising thing. why is that surprising to you well well, have no, I, you I just... seen whats have you have you heard the news of what's been happening to the United States lately like yeah, yeah, yeah right I mean I in the in the two years that I've been here, everything changed now I maybe they were, things had been changing. I just didn't see it. I was living in my comfortable little bubble in New York, you know, that, which yeah. New York is a, is a nice little comfortable little bubble. And you know, when I left the United States, Donald Trump was a joke mm-hmm. and now the joke's on the rest of the yeah. world. And now I'm like, what? I, I don't, I don't feel comfortable. I don't feel comfortable there. I'm not saying that I feel hundred percent comfortable here, mm-hmm. but I feel more comfortable in Mexico. Than I do, back in the U.S. Okay. Now that that's now here's the other here's the flip side of all this is that the plan. What's the plan? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's much easier for me to go back, work, make money, come back here, and my plan is to basically just come back to Mexico, start buying up properties, yes, and become a landlord in Mexico because I can do that. I was explaining this to my dad yesterday that if I wanted to be a landlord in Michigan, which is not a, in Grand Rapids, the west side yeah. of the state, not tremendously, and I'm talking about viable markets, what to get a mortgage now, I'd have to work for at least two years mm-hmm. like have double, have like, okay, I've been employed for two years at this rate of pay save all of that, put a down payment on a place mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and I mean, the, what the, the minimum is going to be something in the neighborhood of you know, for a bare minimum for an apartment that I could rent out to somebody it's going to be in the neighborhood of $300,000 Mexico mm-hmm. $40,000 yeah. and that's to own it outright yeah. so that's the same same for down payment for a place in Michigan which is not even a very I mean in New York just that's just impossible yeah. Yeah. like the minimum is it, it is within $100,000 of a million not a thing not yep. a thing you can yep. do. Uh, and, and I mean, in, in all of these hot markets, hot real estate markets in the U.S., people are buying in cash. There's, there isn't any such a thing as a mortgage anymore. They walk in with cash. <laughs> so, it's, so this is a thing that I can do in Mexico. And,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I mean, of course, and basically, so the plan is work five years in the States and then come back to Mexico, buy property with that property, get a visa saying, hey, I own property here, blah, blah 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 so I can li- and then basically live a quiet not incredibly luxurious subsistence just you know live on that
0: for the rest of my life okay that's the plan and are you talking about Mexico City or yeah Mexi- Me- no Mexico, Mexico City. City yeah okay I think you should have some Airbnbs too so that all your German friends can visit and stay why, why not sure cheaply yeah there you go Come come to Mexico
1: City. Come visit. I'll be a nice tour guide. <laughs> you come back. I'll learn. I'll learn German. I'll just oh, that, Now that I'm I, done with Spanish, I'll go one, to the uh, uh, Goethe Institute and start learning German. Yeah, you can do that. A lot that, of people no, do that. Thing, yeah. yeah. So now we're gonna. Now we. Or my my parents are waiting. We're already twenty minutes into this recording, and shockingly, and so I have to preface the conversation with my parents with a couple of things. One, they're conservative they are yeah they're they're conservative okay. and then, and then, and i give and i give them a pass for that like they, they they talk about communists as if they're an actual thing to be feared because when at least my mom left chile anyway that was an actual real thing mm-hmm. like there were actually you know communists taking over and destroying the country i mean now granted Allende's success in Chile is something that you can debate at end for historical reasons and things like that.
2: But,
1: I mean, my grandfather was legitimately targeted for death by certain very leftist paramilitary organizations in Chile. Mm-hmm. Whether or not they could have killed him, you know, it's, it, these are things that you can debate historically now. With, but, but at the time, the terror was real. For them, so I don't. I, they get a pass from being incredibly conservative yeah. in ways that may not seem tremendously. So, so just just keep that in mind, yeah. at least when you're talking to my mom.
0: So what's? I don't know if you want to talk about that later. So, when did your parents come to the United States? Uh, my when... dad was born in Chile
1: but grew up in the U.S. Mm-hmm. My mom left. So that's right. about when. Just. To... What year? Oh, he gra- Well, I mean, he graduated from high school in 1964. Yeah, he graduated from high school in 1964. Um, and my parents got married in 1970. Mm-hmm. I think that's. Yeah, that's right. Because my dad went to college. He fought in the Vietnam War, then came back to Chile, married my mom, and then they moved. And he went to medical school and started medical school in 1970. Okay. So that's the timeline, mm-hmm. basically. All right. All right. So yeah, let's, let's go meet my parents who are here to visit me. Well, it is, and
2: this is digital. We always had analog.
1: Well, the microphone, the, the mechanism behind the microphones is mostly the same.
3: You have great voices, by the way. Thank you. I, I listened to the hour, uh, one of the podcasts, Nicola sent it to me, and I was surprised by, I thought you were radio people,
0: you know, <laughs> because
3: the voice is such an important factor in attracting being attractive to the listener Mm -hmm. you know when the voice is is sort of I don't know too strident or something you don't want to listen to what they have to say but both your voices and they mix very well (laughs) I thought you did very well
2: and neither of you used the expressions that uh, are, are so prevalent in the United States today on NPR if you listen to the people being interviewed there are three things that they say that bother me because they repeat it every sentence one is so so, um, like, <laughs> what, right, those what are, like, those like, are like, more. what, like, are you like talking like, so, um? Well, you know, I was going to tell, well, you know, uh, about the situation with Trump. Well, you know, <laughs> and these people, that's the way they express themselves. And neither of you did that. Both of you. You're very good. Are very articulate and really presented in a very reasoned uh, way so you did a nice. And which episode? Which episode? <laughs> <laughs> it has to have been one of the later ones. No, no <laughs> but but, but the cool. other thing is the fun, the the fun in discussing that you have issues of the day. Uh, that to me is missing from a lot of people. They they take a uh, some sort of view that is dogmatic. And really are unable to express the view of what they really want, want to say or what they look for in the future. They, they don't have the hope that you did. Th- that was a good podcast that you sent us.
3: The one I, I listened to. I think
2: you might not even be talking about our podcast. Huh.
3: But the I'm
0: thinking one. about food. Nicholas, I don't listen to it. Food was that the many, first but. episode.
3: That's the one I listened that to. It was very a good. very
0: long one. The, with, yes, The was. earthquake and then the food. Exactly.
3: Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I, I like that because Mexico. You just said. What did I say? You, you know, know? You know. <laughs> well, I am one of those people. I'm not very articulate anyway. But I like the fact that you talked about food in a loving way. I know food is very important to Nicholas. Mm-hmm. I did not know. I don't know whether it's important to you or not. Are, are you saying the that? The way I'm fat, you express. Huh?
2: <laughs> no, but you, you're a foodie. You, you really you know love what you
3: food, like. Nicholas.
1: Are, are you calling me fat?
3: I Absolutely am fat, enough. so what, what difference long. does it make? I'm, j- I'm joking. <laughs> I know you're joking, but I don't care. At my age, I'm 73 years old, I can be as fat as I want. That's it. You know? And I love the fact that you guys love the food. And you said, I don't know exactly what this is, pill, pill, whatever, I don't remember. But you wanted to know more, and you had mm-hmm. respect for the food and the culture, which is something that in the United States... It's very aggravating me being an immigrant in the United States, I'm from Chile. My first language is Spanish and I'm a French teacher, but in the United States, people look at other cultures, especially the Latin American culture, as inferior. And it drives me up the wall because they have no respect. They haven't been there in the first place yeah, and they have no respect for what's there. I have been told you wouldn't believe in the forty years. No, how many years have I lived in the states? I don't remember anymore.
2: How many years have we been married? <laughs> Forty-nine. Forty-seven.
3: Ah, <laughs> forty-seven. See, my brain is not, is already. <laughs> in you, you
1: celebrate your fortieth anniversary this year because it's twenty eighteen, and you were married in nineteen seventy. So basically, whatever whatever year it is, just add thirty to that, and that's how I long know. you've been married.
3: That's right. Good. So I like that. After. I like your respect mm-hmm. for the Mexican culture, because Mexico has been a big surprise for us. I like it. I like the friendliness. You, you've been here before once.
0: Yeah. But, well, but we, t- we but were in Cancun. Then that when doesn't help. No, that
3: doesn't
1: mean no.
2: that's not Mexico. No, it's very. Uh, it was sour. designed by Mexico to not be Mexico. <laughs> I true. understand, but when you go to Europe and you talk to people that say, oh, I know the United States, I can predict where they've been. A- and I say, oh, you really know the United States? Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah, I've been there many times. Where have you been? New York. Anywhere else? Oh yes. Orlando. And that's our experience of the United States. Uh-huh. There are many Americans that live on the coast, Boston, New York, Baltimore, Washington, Philadelphia, and San Francisco and Los Angeles. And Bridget and I live in flyover country. Nicholas who's born in flyover country. He was born in you know what that Iowa. means?
0: Yes, where you fly over when you go from one coast to Nobody
3: another. Nobody pays attention to it, yes.
0: Right, and, and they, they really don't know.
3: Oh, they're paying attention to it now. Why?
0: They're definitely paying more <laughs>
1: attention to it now. All right, Nicholas, let's well, keep this What do you mean, the politics? Yeah.
3: Well, we shouldn't talk politics.
1: I, but, I mean, actually, that I didn't mean to derail your point. You, you do have a... This is something that I grew up with. And you went to school, and you grew up on the East Coast.
2: so. Well, remember, I also went to school in Cleveland, in Paris, Buenos Aires, and Connecticut. So I had a, a better taste of what the world was like. Uh, and to me... But the vast majority of Europeans know the United States much better than Americans (laughs) know Europe. There's no... Oh, yeah, yeah. No question about Put it that that. way, yes. But I think a lot of that may have to do
1: with the fact that German-speaking people, and I say this to try to include the Swiss and the Austrians, uh, have much more experience
2: with American culture than the other way around.
1: Yeah. True. Well, but, they but the have to look innate up to
2: curiosity them. also is is always there uh, of people in Europe really wanting to know what the Le- Netherlands is doing, what's going on in Latvia, you know, what's going on in Lithuania, and everybody's aware of those things, and the United States is painfully unaware.
3: In, yes, the United but States th- is inward. Latin American is outward. Europe's sort of outward, out of necessity, mm-hmm. because even though Europe is, as a continent, is the most advanced, or was, the most advanced civilized culture ever. The wars that they got into themselves, sort of self-destructed. I mean, Europe isn't a powerful influence anymore.
0: They still think they are.
3: I know. But German, is only due to the German economy, which is very strong. And nobody, I mean, no matter what they say about the Germans, My dad used to say, you know, he's a descendant of Germans, used to say, nobody could could beat German manufacturing. His ancestors were of the class of the manufacturing Mm -hmm. um, group. But anyway, it's true. But you see, we have a very dear friend from Axel. Remember Axel? Mm -hmm. He went through the war because he was rescued as a child, by the Red Cross, hungry, that man would never leave a food in a plate because of that, the hunger he suffered after the war. And he's a couple of years older than I am. Anyway, he has a uh, admiration for the, for the Americans and what they did, but at the same time, hostility you know, there is a certain resentment. And I often wonder about that in Europe. How strong is that resentment? Against whom? America. There is hostility.
2: We're reading a book right now about the war and Americans, expats Americans that were there during the Battle of Britain in late 39, and most of 40, and how they disliked Kennedy, uh, Joe Kennedy, the, the then ambassador. And one thing I didn't realize is that up until the time that uh, Winant was named ambassador, they really thought of the Americans as inferior, inferior culturally, inferior intellectually, inferior in every way. And, and to a certain extent, that, that's, still, that's still there. Uh, in in much of Europe.
3: It's due to the, Mm. you see?
2: The Ugly American.
1: I mean, having seen American tourists in Europe and having very carefully observed American tourists in Europe, I I completely understand where the stereotype (laughs) comes from. Well,
2: I agree. But Nicholas, that goes back. You didn't read the book, but back in the 60s, there was a book called The Ugly American. I think it was written in the late 50s. And it really illustrated what Americans, how boorish they can be overseas.
0: Let's take that to Mexico. I mean, how are Americans... We wanted to talk about how do you <coughs> perceive Mexico, but let's start with how are Americans perceived here. Um, do you have a comment? You don't look... You, your advantages, you don't look like an American.
1: I don't look like I come from... My greatest advantage is that nobody has ever been able to figure out where I come from or what I look like. From the time that I was... I've never... I've always been considered to be an other to a limited extent. Mm -hmm. To a very limited, mild extent. It's, It's not... As if I was—I mean, I never had the experience of being, say, the one black kid in a high school of 500 white kids. Mm-hmm. Never had an experience like that. I was the kid in that they was like, "We don't." Well, I mean, you look different from all of us, but we can't really quite place it, like where you're. Like we do not really. Mm-hmm. And I—that—that that has been my experience everywhere that I've ever been. Yeah. It's like we don't know what you are. You're close enough to what we look like, but. You're still kind of different. That, that's that been my experience. And even here in Mexico, white people will always assume I'm Mexican. Yeah. Half the Mexican people will assume I'm from somewhere in the north. And, and granted, we're in Mexico City. They'll be like, I don't know. Maybe, like he kind of has an accent like he's from Monterey or something like that. I, I don't know. The other half of the Mexicans – no, okay, the quarter of the Mexicans will be like, he's Russian. So convinced that he's Russian. <laughs> And then the other chord would be like, I'm pretty sure he's a gringo, but I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but the fact is, it's, it's not, uh, porque cuando estoy hablando en español, I mean, what I'm saying is when I'm speaking in Spanish, I sound, I, ten, si sí, tengo un acento, pero a uh, extranjeros, gente que no habla español con fluidez. No es la misma cosa que (laughs) gringos (laughs) hablando en español. (laughs) Es es una (laughs) lengua distinta. How do they look at you?
0: Um, When I'm not with my wife, who's blonde, (laughs) (laughs) um, very often, right now I'm not wearing a a wristwatch, but I actually like wearing a wristwatch and and nobody else is wearing watches here. So very often I'm asked for the time in Spanish. Uh, So they don't... They probably don't know, but oftentimes they don't assume that I'm uh, a foreigner. A foreigner, but that's also because of the beard and because I don't, I don't know. Okay, when I when I'm wearing shorts, then they know. Um,
1: oh wow, that's deep. <laughs> You're taking it back. That's a deep cut. <laughs> deep, self-referential deep cut there with the yes. shorts. Um, of course, when I when I when like, I talk to them,
0: when I talk to Mexicans, they immediately know I'm a foreigner they do not, they, everybody initially assumes you're a Kringle. That's just the way it is. But once they know that, okay, no, I'm from Germany, then they love me because they love Germans um, for multiple reasons, I guess. So Germans are, are kept in very high regard here and that makes things easy. We went, I remember one time when we were in Valladolid, that's near Chichen Itza, and we were in one of these uh, souvenir markets and uh, Catherine uh, speaks to them in Spanish, and then they say, Oh, are la Espanol? Yeah, then you're good to hear, half price. So, uh, and basically, then uh, she told them that she's from Germany and not from the US. And that he, uh, he said, No gringo, gratis. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, not being an American and speaking Spanish helps tremendously. So, to, all, to everyone who wants to come visit this country, learn yeah. Spanish. And don't act American. I don't know how to do that. But um, and then you'll be fine. You'll be fine. I don't. Many... I don't. Know. I'm not American. I don't know what uh, uh, how it is different. Do they confuse for, you as like, an American? Initially, yes. Initially, always, especially Catherine, because she's white, she's blonde, mm-hmm. uh, and but
3: you're white too.
0: Yeah, but I have the beard and dark hair. But they know I'm I'm a, I'm a foreigner. But with Catherine, they always assume she's she's American. But then she starts speaking Spanish, and then everything's fine.
3: You know, with a
1: pretty pronounced German
3: accent.
0: This Her Spanish? Yeah. Probably, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah.
3: You know, I like to irritate my friends in the United States. I'm in a crusade now to speak for the immigrants, the immigrant issue, which is one of Trump's stupid idiotic ideas about the wall building the wall and separating yep. the borders you know the people along the border they have gotten along forever without him being involved in anything but anyway <laughs> and drugs are going to come into this into the this united states as long as there are addicts so i mean that's a moot point but i like to as long them. as they're
1: drug users mom. that's
3: what i mean Addicts in the United States
1: the, mom. There are a lot of people who use drugs that are not addicts. They're two distinct populations
3: All right I don't want to go into that now I want to say that I irritate my friends by tell, pe- telling them you people do not consider me white So I'm black. Okay. Uh-huh. I'm a black person. That's fine So they look at me and say, but you're not white. No, no, no You've already established in the census that I'm not white. Uh-huh. I'm supposed to write hispanic Other race when they because they Americans are obsessed with race, and so you have to determine what your race is. Fuck it, I don't want to, you know. So I decide I'm black.
1: I I just have to point out that my mom was the first one to use the swear word on today's podcast. I just that like that.
3: I love swear words. You
1: want you won the podcast. You just you you won. you want like call it over, boom, done, mom won the podcast.
3: And so they don't know what to do with me.
1: D- Dad does not have a very good look at no, his face, no, right? He's now. He's very
3: prudish. You see? <laughs> I, I, mom I, just keeps up the winning, like, go oh, mom. This no, is awesome. I have taught him to fight. When he and he's an only child. When he and I got married, I'm from a family of four. In Chile, people are loud. They like to yell, yeah. sing, dance, huh. whatever.
0: Reminds me of Peter. Okay. Yeah. Nobody in the background. <laughs>
3: But anyway, he, when we were first married, Paul had never had, never had an argument in his family. And when he had the first fight, he did not know what to do. So I taught him.
2: You're
0: a good teacher.
3: <laughs> yes, I am. It's important to fight. To,
0: to put the race question into perspective, um, you remind me a little bit of the... Um, family that i lived with in rhode island for okay. years. i lived in rhode island in 98 99 with a very nice family and my host mom she was from norway she had she no uh, yeah she came to the u.s when she was five with her parents she looks like you but she's I guess Caucasian because she's from Norway and you probably have the same genes because your ancestors came from Europe. You look the same, but you're Hispanic. Right. That's just, it's for for me. Bridget's
2: correct in the obsession with race, the British were, and I'm not sure if they still are obsessed with class Mm -hmm. and class really dominates the structure in Latin America. It's much more important what class you're in and that's distinguished by many things. And economics are a little bit of it, but not as much. It's really determined more by bearing, by education, by how you comport yourself. And and the United States, why the the obsession? Why is it that if you're a Spanish-speaking person that happens to be Caucasian, you are Hispanic? Is that a race? No. It's the same thing like all people that speak English are Anglos. That's not true. Many people speak English that have nothing to do with the Anglo race. They might be uh, Asian, African, from wherever. So Bridget's right in that sense. The obsession with race doesn't really forward the integration anymore. It, it strengthens it. it. It makes it worse.
3: You see, that's one of, one of the things that I was struck by here. That nobody cares about your race, which is great. For the little bit on the surface anyway, juicy makes skeptic.
1: We, it's, it's, it's different that basically mm-hmm. in the I mean here, racism in Mexico is a spectrum. Racism in the. US is a step function.
3: Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Explain mm-hmm. to me what a step function is. That sounds technical.
1: That, okay that race that racism and, and so in certain contexts, in Mexico, and, it's, and I think we've used these terms before, but there's "guero," which means white, basically, and "moreno," which means brown or darker, basically. And and so that that that's those are the two ends of the spectrum in Mexico. And there's sometimes in a lot of situations, most situations in Mexico, where I'm the guero, I'm the whiter person. There's other times in Mexico where I'm the moreno, hmm. and that it's it's a it's, so it's circumstantial. So, so a, a, spe, a spectrum is. Is different is various different shades that you, you go the rainbow for example is a spectrum when you look that's at a rainbow true. you don't see distinct colors in that's boxes. True.
3: that's a good example it
1: goes from one color and then shade all the different shades off to the next and in that spectrum you've covered all of the colors
3: that's true. that's how that's racism
1: good... works in Mexico in the US it's a step function so now Italians are mostly considered white They are white, yes. 50 years ago, they weren't.
3: Exactly. But even Irish.
1: But that's the the problem is that there are boxes, white, black, Hispanic, Asian, and and everybody is sorted into one of these
0: boxes.
3: But why? Why did American society uh, evolve that way? Why? Where does that come from?
2: Well, I can see you want to uh, pick this one up, Dad. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I would. You, you want to walk down I, that plank? I, I always remember I was drafted into the U.S. Army in 1968. And one of the things, it was very egalitarian because in my basic training company, we had two attorneys. We had a number of college graduates and we had mostly high school graduates and some people that hadn't even graduated from high school. And one night when we were sitting, just talking amongst us, and we didn't have cell phones or computers to look at or any you white screens. You bring up the
1: race of your drill sergeant.
2: Well, that's later. I mean, okay. uh, our drill sergeant was black, and he was one of the most influential people, wonderful leader of men. Uh, it was a very wonderful experience to see that because race didn't matter in the Army at all. But I, I did have a conversation with a Southerner he came from South Carolina, which was, of course, the first state in the union to secede in 1861. Uh, and he came to me and said, you know, that guy looks like he's white. But did you know that that man and we both he was in our company? That man is one sixteenth 16th black. Don't trust him. I was astonished. I was astonished that a person that spoke English that had an IQ above 50 would think that way. But it it was an indoctrination of what some people think like. They think that that's really an important thing. And I think that he thought that way not because it's intuitive, because he was brought up that way. He was taught. And that thinking is
1: expanding in the United
2: States right now. That thinking is becoming more common. It's always been around. No, it's always been around. But I disagree, but now but I, I disagree with you. I, I, I don't I think that's true. No. I, I think no. there are a lot of us that think how unimportant. Why spend any time doing that? Uh, I, I'll, I'll put out my bias right now. What's the most successful group of immigrants we've ever had in the United States, in, in my opinion? Yeah, I mean, that's, you, you have to. Well, in by, mes- what, okay, by what metrics are you measuring success? Economic measuring, success. Well, uh, educational. Uh, the Vietnamese I know of no second-generation Vietnamese that isn't a college student just a a college graduate
3: the Cubans the Cubans in Miami Uh, they own Miami Vietnamese don't have any group and they're still not completely accepted the Cubans that left in
2: 59 the Cubans that left in 59 were the ones that were very successful Mariel boatlift people not so much
3: paul success is success and let me tell you the terrible well, well, Mom, problem it's
2: not exactly
1: like the vietnamese put all of their but put a bunch of crazy people on a boat and ship them over to the u.s and be like here you go
2: <laughs> well Marielle, exactly. yeah, exactly
3: <laughs> no they did it in helicopters when they were leaving uh, vietnam no but anyway a lot of a lot them of left
2: them. by fishing boats that's true they they put up with incredible hardships and the second generation all goes to college. The, the The indoctrination of the work ethic and the educational, the advantage of education, is something that a lot of immigrants and a lot of natives don't respect.
3: Well, the thing is,
1: I, it, we, we should. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're, we're diverging. Let, let, yeah, we're. Yeah, I mean, this this is an interesting. So aggression, but we really to bring the topic really back to, to Mexico.
3: Yeah, you have to erase You, you lost I, control of the whole that,
2: conversation. Well, this, well, you can it, erase. Completely. What kind of MC are you? The, the, as the, I told you before, I can cut everything. The, the podcast, you can erase I, I,
1: everything. Well, the, the,
2: right.
1: this podcast is nominally about Mexico. And I say, I say oh, nominally yes.
0: because... As long as we're both here,
1: it is definitely about Mexico. Well, yeah, there's some people that think that this is, you know, my... This is where I where I bury all of my secrets about the Congress well, <laughs> of no, it.
3: No, but the United States is, is close to mm-hmm, Mexico mm-hmm. and has a huge influence in Mexico. Actually, the taxi driver said it yesterday. He said, I really don't, what was the way he put it? He said, I don't like hostilities or what the president, American president is doing, creating hostilities between Mexican and Americans because we are interdependent mm-hmm. socially, economically. And even though NAFTA is going to part right now, but um, it's true. It's very true. Absolutely. And, you know, every person that has been a taxi driver or picked us up at the airport or something has lived at one time or another in the States. <laughs> it's really amazing. Mm-hmm. They go there, they learn English, they earn a little money, and then they come back.
0: Or they're thrown out.
3: That yeah. that too.
0: We, we had an uh, awesome taxi driver in uh, Tusco. The, the silver uh, city and he he really knew what he was doing because he made a show out of it okay. out of uh, driving us around and we booked him for the sunday morning to get us to some um, springs cold water um, streams and he made a shot of it and he told us that yeah he had lived in the united states to earn money because there in one night he made more money uh, in a a restaurant than a a month driving the cab here. Um, And then one night he drove drunk with some friends and then they picked him up and threw him out. Um, But yet that is true. A lot of Mexicans have been to the US. So what you started half an hour ago, you said you really like Mexico and You've been to Cancun, okay, let's forget about Cancun, but you've been to the city, uh, Mexico City all, uh, before. Mm-hmm. What, as an American coming here, what. I'm what not an think?
3: American.
0: Yeah, you're right. oh, yeah. you in, are. In, in this no, context. I've here, lived. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No,
3: I've lived in the States for 48 years or 49 <laughs> years, but I'm not an American. No, no, don't ever tell me that I'm an American.
1: <laughs> Which is weird because all yeah. I grew up thinking, that, that, that I grew up being told that I was an American. <laughs> but well,
3: that. you see? It's okay. Halfway after my t- kids graduated from school, and and I I have a daughter that is a physician. When she was in high school, she was called Pocahontas because true. Tr- tr- I think because I she, brought
1: this story up once on the podcast mm-hmm.
3: because she had dark. She has dark black hair. She looks like a Latin American girl, which she is. Anyway, that really created a horrible impression on her.
0: Okay, let me put this in another, in another way. You've lived in the United States for almost fifty years. Yes, and. You, I mean, even now, what I get from, what I learn from Germany right now is from the news. So I don't know how what people on the streets are talking about. I see from the news. And you learned about Mexico from the news, from the newspaper. I don't no, know.
3: I had no or, idea about Mexico until Nicholas came here.
0: Or you didn't know anything about it. Okay, I didn't know anything. So you came here. What do you think?
3: I love it. You know what? I really love it. And you know what struck me? The first thing, the first trip, was how kind the people were at the airport. I have a limp. I have a problem. I had used a cane. Well, these people were wonderful. They did not make me go through the line. They got me over and said, ma'am, you don't have to walk. Where are your papers? I didn't have my papers. My (laughs) husband did. I said, my husband has the papers. They said, don't worry. Let's wait here. They were wonderful. That was the first time. Getting out of the airport here, guess, you know what? The first thing that struck me were the huge planters with the palm trees and all of that. What a lively, beautiful thing. And again, they were incredibly friendly. A pilot said, ma'am... I'll bring you over here. They skip the steps. They don't mind. They are fluent. They are flexible. They smile at you. Even the taxi driver, do you need a taxi, ma'am? Smiling at me and I said, no, thank you. And I smiled back at him. Did that ever happen in the United States? No, sir. Not even in <laughs> Chile. Because let me tell you, some of the Chileans are <laughs> snobs. Especially after they became more affluent and the people started traveling out of the country. They are, they are turning into snobs. Yeah. Mexican I people be black.
2: are incredibly friendly.
1: Yeah.
3: The other thing that,
1: that you, Why not? you can't say that. Mom. Yes, you just can't I am. Say that. No, you can't. Mom, you can't say that. Why not? You're,
3: they are my brothers and sisters. Even though I'm 97% mom, European, mom, the black people are my brothers and mom, sisters in spirit. Mom. What? What?
2: Oh, God. You've loosened a tiger here. Uh, I wish more people think that. are I mean. we speaking about Mexico? We're
1: yes, we are. And
3: you see, the Mexican people are d- Dad, Mom, Mom on the
2: podcast like
1: 15 minutes ago. She's <laughs> No, they are victims too. This is like, this, is, this okay. is what, this now now this is Mom's podcast. We're just, we're Florian, we are officially handing over the podcast <laughs> to my mother By way, Florian,
3: right. to talk about we're whatever, like whatever she
0: wants to talk about. Um,
3: we're having no, brunch in a little while. Why, we invite you to come to brunch with us. Sure, yeah. Here at the hotel. Awesome. It's really nice. Thank you. So, you see, we've incorporated you into yeah. the family. After you've heard my s- swearing, yeah. <laughs> then everything is fine. Well,
2: getting back, the, the Mexican people uniformly are, by nature, very nice. And, and the culture in a society is very difficult to change. This past September, we went to Russia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were on a cruise and we spent a couple of days in St. Petersburg, And the people were not unfriendly, they were hostile. There's a difference between being unfriendly, not caring and hostile. They are on the hostile end. Why I, from the reading that I've been able to do, it's a cultural issue. If you're not one of them, they have to treat you with disrespect because they don't want you to get too close. And, and so it's a culturally, they're indoctrinated to be rude to tourists or anybody that doesn't look, talk, act like them. The Mexican people culturally are friendly, warm, open, inviting people. And, and that's been my experience yeah. here in Mexico City. The, the tourist towns, Cancun was different. Cancun was much more materialistic. Uh, Everything revolved around how much money can we make from this American tourist. Uh, But the Mexican people themselves are just remarkably warm. Everybody is. Whether you meet somebody in a bank, you meet somebody in a store, you meet your server, you meet your housekeeper. Everyone is warm. And it's a culture of friendliness that isn't anticipated by a lot of people that come down Hmm. from the States. Uh, I found it incredibly charming. Did I talk about the food in Mexico? How good it is?
0: Tell me. We never How talk about the, the food on this podcast. Don't no, we like, never brought that up. What do you like? What do you like especially? Well,
2: the last time I was here, Maybe I was to should ast- make him do a draft. <laughs> I was astonished by, of all things, a pasta dish.
0: A pasta dish.
2: A pasta dish. And they made a pesto sauce that was probably the Best that I've ever had. It was wonderful. I didn't eat a lot. It wasn't a big serving, it, it was a small serving. And the sauce was so good. The spaghetti was so good. It wasn't overcooked, it was just to perfection. And I was just in Mexico. Are you kidding me? I like a pasta dish. But all the foods that you try, whether it's a vegetable wrap or a hamburger or a, whatever you try, a, and a, tacos? Tacos <laughs> like, we good? Go? Well let's uh, well we've had we've had good tacos both soft and hard and and, and, and there's the hard tacos. Yeah. Oh oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, oh god. Oh, no.
3: <laughs> I know you excluded guacamole, but the guacamole here tastes different than the, the one in yeah, Chile. you get
1: avocados are Chile
3: grows a lot of avocado. Mm-hmm. Chile is one of the countries that eats the most avocado. Nevertheless the guacamole doesn't taste the same. It's much yeah. better here. I don't know why. I think the seasoning. I I think Uh, that maybe, maybe the tomatoes or something. No, but Dad,
1: the the avocados, the Chile's avocado industry is designed around exportation and designed around breeding fruit that will survive
2: the trip. The trip. Uh
1: Mexico is where avocados come from, so of course there's going to be a much greater variety, a much greater experience, heritage around cultivation, and people just aren't going to buy bad avocados.
3: I think it has to do with the climate. There is something well, yeah, I mean, about the, clim- this
2: climate. the the climate the terroir because that's where this is where avocados uh, come from.
3: Yeah.
2: Are we going to talk about the challenges in Mexico City? Uh, <coughs> we've got to mention how big it is because people that are used to you know Chicago almost seems small by Mexico City standards. It, it, it almost not rural but it, it
0: it's urban but it, it's
2: not that big let's
0: yeah, let's talk about that. I have, I don't think I can properly explain the size of the city to anybody. Um, who has lived in India or China. Yeah. Um, I, I, right now to me, the city is, no, I don't know. It's almost suffocating to me because I can't get out of it. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, and it's so big that my world is so small. Um, that I really dislike the size now of the city. But you can... T- I mean,
3: but they may have something to do with the fact that you are from Europe. Europe is really small.
0: But Do you
1: like the size?
3: It doesn't bother me.
1: But but, but I think the size of the city is often lost on tourists who... That's pretty true. Much sort of, who pretty that's much confine true. themselves to Cueo can Centro but Historico, sac- Roma, Condesa. Chile so.
3: is tiny. Chile is tiny. Santiago, you know... Is, is a city that we have seven million people in, mm. in Santiago 16
2: million in the whole country
3: seven million oh. in Santiago suffocating between the mountains yep. and the Pacific Ocean uh-huh. they have nowhere to go So this here looks like <laughs> open spaces you see
0: uh-huh.
3: you see the difference culture never leaves you remember that never leaves you I mean I don't want I don't mean to sound uh-huh. patronizing or anything but it took me a long time to understand that culture never leaves you wherever you are from. You, you, That's that's the lens.
0: Of course, I've been, so I've been living here for three and a half years. I've been trying to lose some of the German punctuality and exactness, and I just can't yeah, do it. Yeah, you're not. You're, you're, you're really bad <laughs> at that. Nicholas knows that when we have a date at 10 o'clock and I say, oh, I'm going to be late, then I'll be there at 10.05.
3: He's always I'll, late. I'll, no, I'll be, te- I'll be he, texting
1: you being like, oh, yeah, I'm so going I'm, I'm, I'm to be running a little bit late. And then you just, and then I'll get a text back being like, I'm already there. And I'm like, it's 10 minutes
2: before he agreed to be there. And I was like, yeah. Well, I saw a German train leave late once. You know, it was supposed to leave at 10, left at 10.01. Yeah. Uh, and German trains are, they're matched by Japanese trains. Japanese yeah. trains no, are. No, Japanese. Japanese trains are a whole other level of yeah. obsession. Yes.
1: Well, but it's De- I same. mean, depending depending on the service, depending on the level of service, and re- and that's, yeah.
3: But but uh, I don't know. I love well, why are are because the United States that?
2: trains like run by Mexicans because they leave whenever they. Oh, oh my God! I can't believe you just said that. <laughs> <I> can't believe.
1: <laughs> you no, but I'm it?
3: kidding you, Nicholas. I'm kidding you. No, we have we have. There is a complete disconnect between us and Nicholas. You would never know that we are his parents. <laughs>
2: We often say things to shock him and he's so easy to shock still to this day. There is. You look at me funny, but... Nicholas, you're in your late 30s and we still shock you. And and we do it on purpose because (laughs) it's fun doing it.
1: I I literally get trolled by everybody in my life up to and including my parents. Like I just can't. I'm, I'm such a big troll magnet. My parents can't help but turn into trolls around
3: me. No, 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 no. Don't, don't, ex- you see, you had a drama queen also. see
0: me trolling. <laughs> no,
3: no, 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 don't. How old are you?
0: Um, what, why are you asking done? him
3: that? I want to know.
0: 36.
3: So you're younger than Nicholas.
0: By, just a little bit.
3: By, yeah, so you're the same generation. But culturally, you're so different. And nevertheless, you became friends. How did you become friends?
1: Did we? So he was walking down the street one day, and he said,
3: "Oh, Cheetah, what are you doing in Mexico?" <laughs> no.
1: And uh, that, that's an inside What's joke. What's that? <laughs> that's, a joke. Th- that's an okay. inside joke.
3: Okay, how did you become friends?
1: <sighs> I, well, ma- I, 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 after- I Can we just can we just blame Mastodon? Just just Mastodon is how we- Mastodon I is really- a wonderful magical place where everybody is our happy shiny friends. And if you're not yet on Mastodon, you should join Mastodon because that's that's the magical place for making wonderful friendships and Did you have any magical, the, hmm? I,
3: you've been made, made fantasy world at the hackers world fantasy world at magic oh my world. mom hates
1: hackers i should bring that up
0: okay
3: are you a hacker too no not
0: really Is he? but not like, well but it certainly no. okay you we, are are, a we have a lot of mutual you,
1: friends yes, who from the german hacker scene guys and basically, en masse, out, somebody said, oh, hey, Florian lives in Mexico. You guys should know each other. And then we met one day
0: and somehow stumbled into doing a project. I'm not part of it, but but yeah, that's, I'm in the vicinity of that culture. Yes. It's
3: not that I hate it. No. But you do. And it's a lot different a in Germany
0: than in the U.S. Yes. So let's keep at that.
3: Let me tell you this. Coming from an underdeveloped country into a so called developed country, which is questionable in the United States. You know why I say it's. Watch questioned? out,
1: mom, they're going to take your citizenship.
3: That's fine. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay,
1: she threw down the gauntlet. She's like. That's okay. She's like, that, no, that, that's now, my mom's always
3: saying, bring it. <laughs> that's right. At my age, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, I don't have anything to prove. Well I was raising you kids it was different I wanted you to have a good sense of identity which didn't happen but anyway sense of identity to me is very important because to know where you belong I've come to the conclusion I belong nowhere so that's fine but I was going to tell you one of the problems with American culture is money everything everything is money if you if you're a low lifer that makes a lot of money. You're somebody. You might be the most cultured person and don't have a penny to to drop dead on. You're nothing.
0: Well, welcome to Mexico.
3: Maybe so. Yes. Mm, I
1: don't know. Right. For as difficult as this is to say, it's actually in a lot of ways worse in the U.S.
2: Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, I know. I know this. This
2: made this a class-based culture. Uh, really pays more attention to that. So uh, in Mexico, I think your class determines how much respect people it, have. for Not you. It, it's not even
1: the same in it. It's different here, and that class and socioeconomic status are much more intertwined. That that it's different. That I it mm-hmm. it. But but mom has a mom has a point mm-hmm. here. And it's incredibly difficult to ferret
3: out. But let me tell you one thing.
1: And remember, all of these thi- all of these things, wherever you stand on this argument, has everything to do with your experiences. There are people who have much different experience depending on where you are in this class. Is it time for brunch. Huh? We have
3: the appointment at twelve.
1: It, we've got, it, we, mom. We've got twenty minutes. And we're already more than an hour into the podcast. So we're depending on minutes. how much, depending on how much you're going to cut, and I'm looking forward to like
0: what musical interludes you're going to be putting into this one. <laughs> Uh, let me ask a previous question in another way. When Nicholas told you that he was going to move to Mexico City, and you already said that you didn't know anything about Mexico, but what did you think when he told you
3: that he was going to He was, was following hey, a girl yes. whom I had met, whom I liked. So I had no problem at the beginning, except for one thing, Nicholas's judgment. Nicholas makes big mistakes. Can, can, can
1: we stop using the three-syllable version of my name, please? Like, I, this is, this is, I, I can't, like, I, I, he it left
3: just, everything. He had a job at the United Nations. He had a, an apartment that we, that he had furnished. It was nice. He went on a limb for this woman. And that was my worry. I didn't worry about Mexico per se. Mm-hmm. I worried about what he was, and then, when the poor thing decided that after this woman dropped him and everything happened that was bad, he lost the job, she lost the apartment, everything, everything bad, he's our son, we had to protect him. So I, we made a point of thinking, okay, we're gonna go to Mexico, it's probably a shitty place, but what are we going to say? Nothing, we have to support him. What we thought didn't matter, our main focus was to support Nicholas. When you become a parent, you will know exactly what I mean. Mm. So Mexico didn't come into the equation. It was his safety, his happiness, his security, and all of that. Are we still talking about Mexico. No,
0: the, I wanted to talk about Mexico. Yeah, but, but he poor talks thing, about you're, poor you're, thing, you're, he can never good. get there. <laughs> but well, you see. losing control. Though. Yeah, completely. Okay. But you, you know, see, when you
3: listen you to, to listen this listen again, you are going to see something on. else. You're going to see the point of view of a mother. Mm -hmm. You're going to see a point of view of immigrants in America. Mom, I think
1: you you have to... He might not actually have kids. This is a thing that people do now. They get married and they don't have kids.
3: Just a minute. I'm not saying he should have a child. I said, if you become a parent, that's what I meant. Mm -hmm. You will know what I mean. Mm -hmm. Your safety was the most important thing. Now, we came to visit and Mm -hmm. we fell in love with the place. To end the question.
2: Okay? Okay?
3: Sorry if I have been... So no, 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 sidetracked, no, no, no. but that's me.
1: Oh, we How never get me? sidetracked on this no, podcast. No, 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 no. That never. But happens. me, I'm a
3: woman, and women tend to do that.
0: But I, I, I mean, you, I, you did answer the question. Yes. Where he went was no, was of no, no, no concern. Yes.
3: Exactly. But He's then, done that before, though, for other women.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I have done that. Um, so, I know. But only for your wife. Well, I've moved. I've moved to other cities for in women in Germany.
2: Well, Twi- he moved to So Wales.
0: basically, basically, I moved to a new city for the th- for another woman, for a woman for the third time.
3: Gee, so. I'm glad to hear that. Because he's not <laughs> so, the only one. No,
0: he's not. <laughs> he's not.
3: But now, give me a second if you want mm-hmm. to turn this off. You are quite extraordinary people, the two of you.
1: Why would you want? To turn off the <laughs> mic from before saying that, mom.
3: Because Which it's so- not relevant to Mexico.
1: But uh, no. <laughs>
3: <laughs> It doesn't have anything to do Hold
1: with Hold on. Me. Shut off the mic. I want to give you a compliment.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas.
2: No, but, but you really are.
1: No,
3: it, I find it, you quite extraordinary. At,
2: I, how I much fun screwed, it is to, to discuss issues like this and discuss cultures and... Uh, There are a lot of people you can't have that conversation with. I I suspect the people that take the time to listen to a podcast like this are also curious people with lots and lots of opinions that Mm -hmm. the four of us are, are free to express. you silent, Nicholas? I can't believe
1: it. I'm trying to think of the four people that I know of that listen to this podcast and, and frame Dad's conversation. Da- da- okay, Dad well, three about...
2: out of the four people that listen, mm-hmm. you know, really like it. And they What do you mean three up, out of the four? You know, I'm, I'm just being silly. He brought up that four people listen to this. I'm, I'm not saying four people. I'm saying of the four people that I know
1: of that are our regular well, listeners. But what,
3: I, what I meant by Because they it.
1: talk about us on Mastodon, which everybody who does listen to us should do. Um, despite the fact that we don't actually have an account for the no. podcast, which I'm not sure is even a thing that they do on Mastodon, but <laughs> is that, it, it has to be, we should have like, should we have a, an account from the podcast that I don't, I, you're looking I, at yeah, I, we I now know. I've no, sidetracked. I, I've thought about here. it. I thought about it. Let's yeah. No,
3: you're so the future. Tacos. No, no, you are the future. Uh, you see, I'm already the past. We're already the past. No, no, We're no, not no you're not. Future. No, 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 no. no, no. no, no. no. You are way. You are ahead of your generation in many, many different ways. Number one, you take. I'm west. at the
1: tail end of my generation, and I some just you're to leading.
2: You're leading the charge.
1: You
3: let me put it to you from my point of view. I'm a dinosaur. Imagine that. I was born in 1944, the end of the Second World War, and what am I? I have lived an enormous. Change in society in every way. Whether my brain has adjusted to it well or not, I have no idea. But I had had to those challenges. You guys,
1: I think I need to do a podcast of just my mom, of just like stuff my mom says. Like I, everybody out there, should I should should I do a podcast of just my mom? You don't l- take l- me let me know. Seriously. Let me know.
3: He doesn't take me seriously. I take you deadly no, seriously.
1: No. It's dad that I don't take seriously at
3: all. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> The Harvard graduate again. here big taught ta- and the physician being, don't you? F- you should rebel against that. I don't mind.
1: Rebel against what?
3: Your definition of dad.
1: What, what definition of dad did I throw down? I just said that he wouldn't make a very interesting podcast subject. We're <laughs> no, not as interesting as you. That's
3: outrageous what you just said.
2: Hmm?
3: No, I no, am no. goofy by nature. I see things in a little bit different way.
2: Well, I can vouch for that.
3: And he loved me anyway. You know?
1: Like, da- here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Dad is a midday talk show on NPR. Really? You are interesting for a podcast because you say the craziest things. And it's, it's just, it's, it, that, that's the thing about a podcast is that midday NPR is sort of to put you to kind of like in a, I, not, I don't want to
2: say put what you to sleep. What a gross be- generalization that is. What? There are a lot of interesting things. Do you listen to Joshua Johnson? I don't even know who that is. On 1A, he took over for Diane Reem. He's doing a wonderful job interviewing different people and tackling incredible I'm subjects. I'm just
1: happy that you're listening so, to NPR.
3: You guys like drama, that's all. I'm, I'm the, drama. You, you need to... Li- okay,
1: let's
3: go. We have to wrap this up somehow. Wrap. Okay, wrap it up.
0: Yeah, let's wrap this up. Um... Thank you for the discussion. But I, let's let's talk a little bit more Mexico. How long are you going to be here for? Just a week. A week. Well, well it's a week. I mean, mm-hmm. more than that in the city is crazy. If you ask me, uh, what are you going to do? Where are you going to go? Or where have you been that you really like?
3: Well, liked? we like the Anthropology Museum. Yeah. The amazing. park. In general, the, parks. Yeah. the park. Chapultepec yes. Park. The, mm-hmm. I, I think the green right. areas everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, the, cathedral. To to the cathedral. I like Bellas the religious Arte. aspect of the Mexican culture. It's, it's a very strong Catholic country, mm-hmm. one of the strongest, and that aspect and the way they they worship, and also the way they celebrate the Day of the Dead. And Nicolas sent me some wonderful pictures of that, so I want to see the cathedral. Um, Bellas artes. Bellas artes. I am an admirer of the muralists because they fought. For this society, They fought for freedom. They fought for so many different things in many ways They were ahead of their time and they did it through art, which is the main purpose of art. Anyway, mm-hmm. you know
2: can, can I mention something else that uh, when I mentioned to friends that are that Bridget and I are coming to Mexico City yeah. the most mm-hmm. common question I get asked after why is <laughs> Is it safe in Mexico City? Uh-huh. and I've been around cities all over the world and I like to look for safety issues. That is, what are the streets like? Are they well lit? What sort of people are out there? Is it only young kids or is it older, uh, people? And you look around Mexico city is a very safe city. Uh, the other thing that's fascinating to me is the Uber rides are incredibly inexpensive. Yes. Uh, I, We've I'm got, We have got to it.
1: stop buzz marketing. The, the well, ride, I ride-sharing applications.
2: Okay, this is a little. But I, what we, I don't know if Lyft is here. But no, my no, no
1: more buzz marketing. Ride-share applications. Okay, ride-share applications. But but you can, if you take if you
0: take the normal normal taxi cabs, it's the same price. So, taxis. Uh, Depend de high, Yeah. May well depend. anyway, lot
2: lot of, I would say encourage anybody coming to Mexico City, first of all, be sure to come and mm-hmm. see it for yourself. And then take this ride sharing application every yes. everywhere it's you go. Because I, I can tell you, I, I, I just out of curiosity, uh, yesterday we took two rides with a ride sharing application, and one cost two dollars and twenty cents. And the other, much more expensive, cost Mm $2.47. An incredible value. And both of the drivers were delightful. It's a safe thing. You can go all over the city. And so safety here is really not... I I think it's more dangerous in in certain cities in the United States, frankly. Uh, This is a... It's a very nice city.
3: Knowing where you are. Well... As Nicolas said, this area where we are now is very. I, I, I agree,
0: but if you know or if you keep to the touristy parts, of town sure, and you know where you are, then yes, I agree. It is, and never, it is a very never, safe city. never drink a beer
1: on the street. No, please don't.
3: I wouldn't. I don't like. Well, beer. no, you,
1: you. But that. But we don't do that in America. But it's a That's very true. common thing in Germany, and this is one of the most common ways that European tourists get. Sh- sh- shaken down for a ride. Oh, open container. Yeah. Yeah, Somebody yeah, talked yeah, to
3: yeah, us yeah. about that. in the. In the yeah, I, pro- I probably
2: did. I, I don't think I've ever done it. Uh, had a beer in the street anyway, but...
3: We should keep going, by the yeah. way. No, we, we have... O- overall... Yeah.
2: Yeah, we should yeah, 10 minutes, yeah. It's something to be encouraged. Mm-hmm. We actually had a, a fun time when we came here the last time. Some friends from Detroit were here. And we had a wonderful meal with them, uh, and they love Mexico City just like we do. But they he's Indian. It doesn't matter. It matters. It doesn't.
3: No. I mean, from India, a person okay, from India. What do India. we
2: look like? Do we look like? No, women? I mean
3: his attitude. He would be more uh, inclined to like Mexico because he's from India. I mean, a foreign country. Okay. and his that's wife what I mean.
2: Is Dutch.
1: Yes, what from Grand
3: Rapids. Right. but she married him means. so that talks in her favor.
1: I, I think we can just we, just, we just can just conclude. Just let that. Just let them keep going and talking about this and just, fade them, just fade them fade out. out, and then that's the that's the end of the podcast.
3: <laughs> no. okay. Good luck. Good <laughs> luck with, it's with a good everything. Thingy,
2: you don't have a contract for this because no. so
1: you,
3: I you love it way she laughs. the
1: contract. There. I love the <laughs> way she laughs.
2: contracts and podcasts like this.
3: Oh, there's
0: you a you thing know. like that.
1: People Several Ways to Live brought to you by brought to you yeah. brought to you by stamps.com. Oh, oh. no, I'm buzzmarketing. <laughs> this would yeah, yeah. yeah. be wonderful yeah, for you a sociology to
3: pro- professor to listen to this. What? A sociology professor. So, somebody that's into to sociology.
0: Or anthropology. Or
3: anthropology, yeah. exactly. Because it's the modern, is is it's a modern Conversation in the city. I mean, not a modern. That's a bad, a bad word. I don't like modern. Yeah. It's it's an actual thing that you're living. We have lived these mm-hmm. these lived experiences. It's not just talk, taken from a book or or mm-hmm. or, or, or a, a, a. Can we
2: get back to Mexico City? Yes, yeah, to, right. to make We have him happy. get back We're to like right. concluding the podcast. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, Mexico. One, one of the oh, I love Mexico.
1: Poor Sebastian's already, like, tooted at me six times. When
2: I've told uh, people about the Anthropology Museum... Bobo, i got to remember. Bobo, sorry, I didn't bring you up. Well, sorry to interrupt. But when I tell people about the Anthropology Museum, their eyes kind of glaze over and, really? But I've not met a single person that's been through it that didn't absolutely love it. And Bridget and I go to museums all over the world, and this is one of the best in the world about their subject, and it's, it's not to be missed. It's one of those things like if you go to Mexico City and don't see the Anthropology Museum, you missed it. it, it it's really too bad.
1: I can't wait, I, I need to record what you think about the Viva the Mexico Museum after that. Okay, great, mom, say that again, and then we're gonna- we're...
3: Viva Mexico! Red, green, and what is the other color?
2: <laughs>
0: White.
3: <laughs> I have no idea. White mom. White, okay, well, anything. You see, yeah. I don't remember. It's my brain. It's just going to, whatever. All
2: right, oh, okay. Thank and, and, and you just, very just, much. Yeah, everybody
1: yeah. Everybody who thinks that I should do a podcast with my mom, <laughs> please just, we have to go. Can you give me a hashtag of the... No, um, that's ridiculous. Just write to Nick. My, Mike,
3: Mike yeah. up Nick's Listen, mom, hashtag. Yeah. Listen, you, you are invited to come and visit us in Grand Rapids. Thank you. It's a very unusual city.
0: I've, I'll talk, tell you about it. I've been there.
3: You have.
0: It's been a long while. So let's have let's have brunch.
3: Let's go. Thank yes. you very much. You're welcome. <laughs>